Hi, I'm Cami, And I'm Brittany. And this is the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. The heart behind our podcast is to encourage and equip you as you start or continue your homeschool journey. If you're considering homeschooling or are new to homeschooling, we created this podcast with you in mind to answer common questions. If you're just finding us, you'll probably want to go back and catch up on our past episodes. Thanks for joining us today. On today's podcast, we have our friend, Caitlin Witten. I knew Caitlin from college, and then when I had kids, she became our pediatrician. When she decided to homeschool at the end of last year, we got to add another dynamic to our friendship. I'm so inspired by her and can't wait for her to share the process that led her to homeschool. Welcome, Caitlin. We're so glad you're here. What else would you like to tell us about your family? Well, first of all, thank y'all for having me. I'm excited to do this. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, so it was an honor that y'all asked me to come along. Um, Like Brittany said, I'm a nurse practitioner. I practice part-time in a pediatric clinic here, and my husband is a corporate pilot for a local bank. So we have random schedules kind of all over the place. So we're really excited to get into this journey. We have two girls. They are 10 and 8, so going into 5th and 3rd grade, uh, and they were really excited about it too. Caitlin, can you tell us how did you decide that you were going to homeschool? If you have a 10 and 8-year-old, so they were already fully established in school, what led you guys to homeschooling? So we actually talked about homeschool before our girls were school-aged, but we were both working full-time, your typical Monday through Friday jobs, and just kind of felt overwhelmed with all of that and just kind of brushed it under the rug and went on with public school. We both went to public school throughout our education, so that was just what seemed like the normal thing to do. So that's what we went through with. Um, and we really didn't talk about public or homeschool much um, after that point. And then this past fall, I'd been working full time. I was working on my doctorate. And my plan was when I finished my doctorate was to go teach full time at a local university. And my husband, he was like, you know what, we'll be fine. Quit working full time. You can just work part time. I would already started working part time with a pediatric clinic also. And so that's what we did. I had to give a long notice, um, three months. And so in that time, we just kind of rolled through what we had going on. And then I finished working in that clinic, was still working part time. We actually in January loaded up and went to the beach for a few days with the kids uh, and just really enjoyed the freedom, the flexibility to go when we wanted. We pulled the kids out of school. We figured it's just a few days. They'll be fine. Um, and got to enjoy learning with them. Um, we stopped and went to um, the battleship that's in Mobile, Alabama, and got to tour that. The girls really enjoyed the history of it. They got into it seeing where people slept and where they ate. And so it was a, a hands-on learning experience. Uh, our motorhome, one of our batteries died. So Daniel actually got to sit down with the girls and teach them about batteries and how they work and positive and negative charges. And it was just a neat experience that we were having fun. We were enjoying time together as a family, but also learning together. Um, and I remember I was actually 
talking to both of y'all on this trip and on the way back, like, okay, what are you doing? How do we do this? How would we make this work? Um, And at the time, I'd already put in my formal application to teach full-time at the university. Um, And I told Daniel, I was like, this changes everything. Like, This is what I've wanted to do for 10 years. I've wanted to just work part-time in the clinic and teach full-time. This is what I've worked towards. This is the main reason that I've gotten my doctorate or working on it. Um, and just the more things went on, we realized we're still young. When our girls are done with school, I'll still have 20 years of a career left. That's still time that when my kids don't need me as much in the home, then I can go out and let my career be number one. Right now, I feel like my kids are number one for me. Um, And I'm still teaching part-time at the university and still working part-time in the clinic. So I still keep my skills up and get to stay in with the university, but then get to work with my kids too. So anyway, we had done all this, put in my notice to stop working full-time without really even thinking about homeschool. So it was really like, we just think about it and we're like, wow, that was, that really was a God thing. Like that was not our plan. Our plan was for me to quit so I could teach full-time, but that just opened up that door. And this was all before COVID too. Um, So yeah, this was I guess we officially pulled the girls from public school in February, again, before COVID. Um, Our plan was to finish out the school year, and then we would start them in the fall. Uh, And then we said, why? Like, why are we waiting till fall? What's the holdup for that? We can do it now. So we did. I mean, we put in our intent to our notice of intent to homeschool um, on a Thursday night. And I think that was like their last week of school. So, um, And then COVID happened and we were like, yes, yes, thank you. That's what we should have done. So we got a little taste of homeschool. um, That was something that we had prayed about and kind of worked towards, you know, instead of other people who found out Sunday night that they were going to homeschool the very next morning when the schools closed. And that's just such an interesting thing that you did in about face of what your your plans were. Um, How did you and your husband... Tell me some about the conversations that you guys had to have to get there. He was actually the one who brought it up. I think in my head, I'm very goal-oriented. I get distracted along the way. I'm also very like ADHD sometimes, I think, or ADD at least. But my goal and my plan all this time was finish this, finish this, finish this, go teach full-time. And then he... He was like, well, what do you think about homeschooling the girls? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I could do that with teaching. And I even reached out to some of the faculty and talked to them about it. If this was something that I could do from home while I homeschooled and, you know, for the time being, that's not really an option. And so we just, I mean, this went on for a good little while that that was about all our conversations were about, even if it was talking about the same thing 500 times, uh, just repeating the subject. And, um, you know, when we first mentioned it to our family, um, 
for my parents, they were kind of like, what, you know, this is, this isn't what you were planning to do. You know, what are, what are you going to do about this? And what are you going to do about that? And, uh, but now, I mean, they're on board and Daniel's parents are on board. And so that's super helpful that we have grandparents, um, Daniel's parents are retired. My dad's retired. Um, my mom will be, you know, sometime in the future, you know, next several years. And so we've got, you know, some help there and some support and other people that we can count on if there's something that we're like, okay, we need a little bit of help with this. You know, let's let's go see Pappy and let Pappy talk to you about history or something like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the initial thing. And we, we talked about it for a little while amongst the two of us. And we didn't, other than reaching out to y'all, and I reached out to a couple of other friends who homeschool, um, we didn't really mention it because we didn't really want a ton of different views kind of clogging our our thoughts about it, the input that we were getting just as like that God nudge that's kind of pushing you towards something. We didn't really want to cloud that a lot. Um, but it was funny because on this trip we took to the beach, we mentioned something to the girls. And I mean, like instantly they went back to their, you know, where they have all their stuff and started drawing out school supply lists. Like we kind of thought, okay, are, what are they going to think? Like, I mean, it's, it's really ultimately not their decision. It's our decision, but you don't want to do something if your kids are absolutely against it. And that was on the last episode, like, what are my, are my kids going to resent me if we do this? But no, I mean, they were instantly like drawing out things, um, that they could do at home. And we've sat down and we've talked about, okay, here's the things that we're going to do. What are some other things that you want to do? Because this allows us more time to learn about and enjoy things that they want to learn about too. I love that. It's like um, it opened up not just dreaming for you guys, but dreaming for your kids. Your kids got to to dream for their own school. Yeah. Not just let me show up and somebody's going to tell me what I'm going to do. But, oh, you mean we get to take charge in this and we get a say in this and we're going to start dreaming about what that's going to look like? Yeah. I love that so much. And that was one of the things that kind of led us to homeschool too. We were – our girls are so different. Anybody else would say this, no matter how many kids you have, they're all polar opposites. Um, and our youngest is our social butterfly. She's, you know, all over the place, good with just about anything. And our oldest was seeming to get bogged down a little bit just by other distractions in the school. Um, you know, other kids getting in trouble that would slow the classroom down or the whole class would be in trouble. Um, just, different drama and other things that go on. I mean, they're children, they're humans. It happens with adults too. But we were seeing that that took away some of her love for learning, which we were not okay with. Um, And so that's where we kind of wanted to step in and help out with that. Um, Another reason is just to bring Christ into the school. I mean, Obviously, you can't do that in public schools. Um, Private schools are great for lots of reasons, but a little outside of our budget for the time being. Um, And so this is a way that we could incorporate what we wanted to, um, not just what we had to, but what we wanted to with our kids. Um, And we really noticed, 
I would say with our oldest, there were some other things that were going on in her grade and then her going into middle school, things that we had heard there as well. And I want my kids to be kids as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversations that I've heard um, are not really conversations that I want my kid to be a part of. I, I'm not I'm not ready for those types of things. And when we are ready for that, I feel like that's a conversation that we should start with our kids. You know, they say that people are more likely to believe the first thing that they hear about something. Um And so certain topics, I want those to come from her parents, not from other kids that don't really know what's going on also. Um, Social media, you know, certainly doesn't help with that too. So we just want to preserve the innocence of our kids for as long as we can. I've been reading um, The Call of the Wild and Furry, and I wrote down this one quote. I'm trying not to read stuff, but I'm going to read this one so I don't mess it up. So it says, We all desire to give our children the best advantages in life, to prepare them to be responsible adults. But sometimes we forget that before we can be adults, we must be children. If you want to give your kids the best chance at being healthy adults, give them a childhood. And I just really loved that. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. I really love that quote, Caitlin. Um, If you want to give your children the best chance at a healthy adulthood, give them a childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that is so good. What do you think that looks like? We just want to do life along with our kids. Um, You know, instead of having to sit in a classroom for seven hours a day and come home and do two hours of homework, we want them to be able to learn in a way that's fun. Um, You know, we can go on field trips and we can go to the library and check out books on subjects that they're interested in or you know, we ordered some books today just on different American historical figures that are in a a way that the kids can enjoy and they can get to know them and you know, they get to put their hands on things. You know, if we my husband's already been mapping out different places across the country that we can go. You know, we're going to be studying Pearl Harbor this year. And obviously we can't take our motorhome to Hawaii, but my family's planning a Hawaiian trip in a few years. Um, And he's, you know, wanting to plan trips out to Mount Rushmore and just all these places, even if it's just local museums in our state or the next state over, um, just a weekend trip, something that we can really let them get a hands-on experience about what they're learning also. What great memories. I mean, you're building these memories for your family. Yeah. But they're never going to forget that. Sure. You talk about your husband. So tell me, how is your husband involved? What is his role in all of this in your family? So, you know, like I said, he was initially the one that kind of brought um, the homeschool subject back up um, into the picture. And, you know, he's financially supportive of us. He's like, you know, we'll do what we need to do. So you, you know, can work your schedule around this. Um, he helps out today. I had to go take one of the dogs to the vet. And so he did math, um, with the girls while I was gone so that we could still have our schoolwork done in the morning so they could play with their friends this afternoon. Um, he's just, he's, a big support system. Um, I think it was Kiki that listed that as one of her favorite school supplies, even as a supportive spouse. And that's so important because, you know, he's looking for different ways that we can learn. He's looking for different things that we can do. Uh, 
And like I said, he's he's pumped about U.S. history because it's right here and all the things that we can do with that. Uh, he's really passionate about homeschool. You guys got a, a little taste of how passionate he is about it. Um, you know, he just really wants to take charge of our girls' education and their future and just to be that role model, that support system, which in turn helps to model what they should look for in a spouse later on down the road too, you know, to know that you deserve someone who's going to do this for your family and who's going to support you in whatever your decisions are. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And you guys do seem like you have such a good like partnership. You know, it's not like you're the main teacher and he's, you know, on the sidelines. Like you guys are in it together and you're just – you're all in with your kids and you have this this cute, you know, little, I don't know, system going on with your whole family. And it's really, it's really sweet to see. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Caitlin, you talk about um, your husband being financially supportive was one of the ways that you listed. Um, you talked earlier about having to make some sacrifices and kind of continuing to try to figure out how to get here to where you want it to be. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so like I said, we, we talked about this years ago. It just wasn't really in the books for us. I mean, we could have made it work now listening to how other people have done it. Melissa and I actually went to nursing school together and that she's working during the day and then doing homeschool at night or on the weekends and, you know, in the doctor's office. So there's lots of ways that you can make it work. Um, you know, I'll still be working part-time in the clinic. So on the days that I'm working, like I said, Daniel will take over that or I'll leave assignments for the girls to work on. But other sacrifices is just, you know, you might have to make some changes in your budget. You know, we've really sat down and, you know, we've been doing a program to, to pay things off. And when you are intentional about it and you, you realize, okay, every time I just go grab lunch is 10 bucks. I mean, that adds up quick if you do that several times a week. Um, so I think if, if it's something that people really want to do, you can make you can make some easy changes that your family won't really notice that much. You can call your phone company and ask about how you can decrease your phone bill. Um, you can drop cable and go to Netflix and Hulu. Um, we traded in my car for something that was half the payment. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that you can do if it's something that you want to do. Okay, so you're talking about some sacrifices that you've made, but you also sacrificed your career in a way. You know, this yeah. dream of yours to to teach. And you're still you're still doing some things, but um it reminded me of our panel podcast where Alice Ann says, you know, it's a, a practice of dying to self to do all this. And and sometimes you you have to do some sort of sacrifice. Um, in order to pursue this other God-given dream. So can you tell us any more about that? Yeah, um, that's a huge thing. That was the the biggest thing that I struggled with when we first started talking about homeschool was, wait a minute, like this is, this is what I've wanted to do for so long. I remember my very first nurse practitioner job, my interview was that question of where do you see yourself in five years? And it was, I want to be teaching like that's 
that was 11 years ago, 10 years ago. So that's, that was a hard part. But as we sat down and looked at it, I, I can still teach, but I'm teaching my children and what better platform to do. Um, and I, I still can teach adjunct at our university. I still can practice part-time um, in the clinic, but my main role is teacher for my children. Um, and, you know, there are lots of other options too. There's lots of different work from home jobs. So if, you know, financially you still need some type of income, there's, you know, if you're talking about people who want to teach, there's a lot of online universities that you can do. Um, there's all kinds of jobs that you can do online at home. Um, or, you know, like we talked about earlier in another podcast is, you know, you can do homeschool anytime. You're not stuck to 820 to 255 or, you know, whatever. Um, you can do it whenever is good for you. And I saw a quote um, on another page that said, most people think you have to give up so much to homeschool when in reality you gain so much more. And that one really stuck home to me also. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Good. And so you're saying, I mean, your career dreams sort of have shifted right now. It's not that yeah. you gave them up completely. Right, it's right. just that they've shifted for the time being. Yeah. And and that includes being able to teach your kids. Right. Right. Yeah. And I can come back to the other later. That's right. I'll still have plenty of time for that later when my main priority is not educating my children in the way that I feel like they should be and what's best for them. You've had a few months now that y'all have been homeschooling. If y'all started sort of in the middle of the semester, y'all jumped right in. Yeah. And then tell us how was that different? How did it change your family life and your dynamics at home? What did that look like? It was like an instant stress lifted off of our shoulders. Um, both of our girls were playing competitive softball, so we stayed really busy with that. And, you know, we didn't have to get up at 6.30 or 6.45 to grumble around getting ready for school, to push them out the door, to rush home after school to do homework before we had practice, eat dinner in the car so you can rush home and do this and do that and hurry up and get to bed and everybody's cranky the whole time because you're so rushed so that you can do it all over again the next day. Um, and, you know, we're, we still would get up at a decent-ish time, you know, 8, 8.30, sometimes sooner, um, get started in the morning. We could sit together as a family and eat breakfast, even if it was Pop-Tarts or a waffle. I'm not cooking breakfast every day. That's just not me. I'm sorry. Um, but we could sit around the table and have our morning devotional together, and then we could get started with our day. And just an, a big stress lifted off that it wasn't this rush all the time, that we could enjoy time with each other. And and I think it was you that had said something to me a while ago, Cami, about you get to experience your kids' best selves, not just their leftovers. And that was so true. Um, true for me also. We're rushing around all day long. And I think our society in general is just busy and you almost covet busyness. You, you see everybody else busy and think, oh, well, I should be busy too. You know, we, 
a few weeks ago, I sat around and watched TV for a few hours. And I told my husband, I was like, I feel really guilty. I'm not doing anything. And he said, that's because you never don't do anything. Like, it's okay. Um, I don't know what that has to do with homeschool. But um, anyway, it's it's nice just to enjoy each other um, and not be so stressed and so busy all the time. The freedom. That's just freedom that it brings to your family. Okay, so you just talked about the the stress that was lifted off of you when you guys chose to homeschool and you really got into it. What would you say your girls would say about this new way of of life for them? I think they've enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, they're still kids and so there's still sometimes that they don't want to do certain things like one of them does not enjoy writing very much. And so that one's a little bit of a push to get her to do that. Um, but I think letting them be involved in different things, like my youngest wanted to learn about rocks. And so, you know, we ordered her a book about rocks um, and a little rock kit. And my oldest has more of an interest in history. And so we ordered different books about historical figures that she can look at. Um, so I think they've enjoyed that part. I really think they enjoyed the flexibility uh, I did math with my eight-year-old in the car today, um, learning about different types of lines and angles while we're driving down the road. So uh, I think for the most part, they enjoy it. Um, I think some of the stuff I mentioned with the oldest one, she hasn't had all of those things to deal with, just the distractions um, in a larger classroom setting. Um, We've taken a little break for summer, so... Uh, to be continued on how they feel <laughs> starting back up full time here pretty soon. Have you noticed like the the stress lifted from them as far as like your schedule is looking different? It's more relaxed. Um, you're not, you know, moving as much around to the, all the different activities and things. Um, you're able to stay in one place longer. Are you noticing any any difference in them? Oh, yeah. Huge difference. And I think a lot of people would notice that they got to slow down with COVID. And when things shut down, so many people reached out and they're like, this is actually great. Um, We are enjoying our kids and our kids are enjoying each other and they're enjoying us. And I kind of like not having to be gone six nights a week. And um, so I think that it's been a huge thing for them actually coming back to competitive ball after all of that, they don't want to play anymore. They enjoy being at home and they enjoy playing with their friends at home and just having downtime. Um, I think they really appreciated all of that as well. Okay. So you talked about your, your girls and their interests, the flexibility that you had to go with what they were interested in. One was interested in rocks and one was interested in history. And so you really ran with that. Are you loving the flexibility that you get with homeschool now? Yeah, um, I think that was one of the things that was causing that loss of the love for learning was that they didn't really have a say in it. Um, I know I would, she would, our oldest would talk about working on the same paragraph for two weeks at school um, or that they would be working on one subject for forever in class and she knew what it was and she was bored and she was ready to move on. Um, so that's the nice thing is that you can move at their pace. Um, you know, there are some days that 
we may knock out a couple of different math lessons because it's something that we already know or something that we grasp really easily. And then there may be some that are more challenging and it takes us a little bit longer to go through that. And that's one of the nice, nicer things too, is that I'm there or my husband is there one-on-one and we can see that they either clearly get it and we can move on or we can see that, okay, wait, like that light bulb is not on. We don't understand it. And then doing one-on-one, we can work with them in different ways so that they can understand the concept, whatever subject it is. Um, And that's, I'm not saying anything negatively about teachers because I think teachers are incredible and amazing and I'm so thankful for the work they do, but they have a classroom of 20 to 30 students. They can't work one-on-one with them. They have a huge amount of things that they have to teach the kids throughout the year. And, you know, if a kid falls behind, then they're not always the one who can take that individual one-on-one time to work with them. Um, And so that's really nice that we're able to do that with the girls. Um, And I think letting them have things that they learn about that they enjoy also helps them to realize that learning is fun. Um, There are different ways that we can make it fun. And, And I want this to be something that they continue for their entire life. You, you don't just learn up until you finish high school or up until you finish college and then you're done. Like learning is a lifetime thing. When you stop learning, you're dead. So I want them to enjoy that through their childhood and their adulthood as well. That's, That's really good. Nice. Yeah. So One of the concerns, well, some of the concerns that people have about homeschooling is what if my kids are behind? What if they're different? What if they're weird? What, you know, all of the the different varying concerns that that parents have about their kids' well-being or their, you know, just their learning, maybe delays or whatever because of homeschooling. But you have had a lot of experience in a pediatric clinic. You have seen kids from so many backgrounds. What would you say as a professional about kids that are homeschooled? So obviously, if if your kids have special needs, like I said, you're the one that's there to notice that something needs to change. Um, or, you know, I think in other episodes, resources were mentioned to get your kids the assistance that they need. But, you know, homeschool kids are awesome. I mean, I saw both of y'all's kids, um, lots of other kids too. And I mean, over the past 10 years, I've seen hundreds, if not thousands of different kids, you know, in our part of the state and how those kids interact with their siblings, how those kids interact with their parents and how they interact with me, whether we've built a rapport and I'm wrapping their thumbs up in the clinic to show them how important your thumbs are, like I did with Brittany's kids, or um, whether it's the first time they've met me and I'm a total stranger, just the respect that these kids have. Um, they're just so much more mature because they spend time around adults who know how to behave and who know how to act. They're not influenced only by kids their own age. Um, You know, they can, in their community, they can be one of the older kids in the group. And so they're helping to model that behavior for younger kids. Or maybe they're one of the younger kids and they're able to look up to some of the older kids. So they're learning those behaviors. But um, the homeschool kids, I mean, yeah, they are different. 
but it's a good different. It's okay to be different. I, I want my kids to be different. If I didn't want them to be different, then I would just push them out into the world and say, good luck. You know, I, I want them to be kind and genuine and respectful and thoughtful. And I want them to know God and, and shine his light in all that they do. So, Caitlin, you've already talked to us about how you decided to homeschool, but can you tell us a little bit about how you decided what to do? Once you decided to homeschool, what curriculum are you going to use? Are you going to be in a co-op? There's so many different ways to take this. How did you decide which path was right for your family? Yeah, there are a lot of options. So, I just talked to different people that I knew in different co-ops and friends who did things on their own. I just wanted to get input from people who had been there. You know, these veteran homeschool moms, you guys are a fantastic resource. Um, And I think that your scenario, your situation, that all determines what's right for you. There's not one right answer. It's just what's right for your family. For us as a new homeschool family, especially from kids who are used to being in a classroom and around other kids, we felt like doing a co-op would be the best thing for us now, um, just so that we had that support system of other families. We had that community. We had that group to do life with. Um, And, you know, the beauty of it all is that can change. You know, you could decide you want to do a co-op and then decide you want to do it on your own or the other way around, or you could do one co-op and then later decide for another. Um, and then there's lots of different co-ops. Um, we chose one that is not necessarily parent led. Um, there are some that, you know, I might teach math and Cammie might teach science and Brittany might teach reading. Um, and, you know, for us for right now, that's not the path that we chose to go. Um, for a lot of people, they enjoy that. And, and that may give that mom her opportunity to teach and use her gifts in that direction. Um, we just felt like we were going to go with a different group. And um, we felt like with this format, um, we were able to have a little bit of a say in the type of curriculum that we chose for our kids. We have a, you know, a general overview, but then we can still dig into history different ways and math. You know, we chose Saxon math for our girls because it was more in line with how our oldest already understands math. And it's more in line with how my husband and I learned math and it's a script. I mean, it's super easy. We just read it out loud and read it together and then become self-directed. But if we decide that that doesn't work for us, then we can change that. You know, we can move on to something else. So just to have the flexibility that we can kind of change curriculum as the need arises for what's best for our kids. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point that you're not just because you start this way doesn't mean you have to finish this way. You can mm-hmm. you can continue to make your homeschool look however it needs to to help your kids with their specific learning needs and how they learn best. Yes, yes. Right. and I think it was Kiki a, a few epso- episodes yeah. ago that said that every few years they purposefully will switch up their curriculums. And that's had me thinking like, huh, That's kind of cool. I mean, it just adds another layer to the freedom and flexibility that you have with homeschool. You're not stuck in any certain thing. You can choose it. 
you can choose to change it depending on your kid and the year and your family situation. If you need to go on the road, you know, whatever needs to happen, you have that freedom. And so that's, I love your process. Thanks. And we are enjoying that. We get to learn along with our kids too. You know, that show, are you smarter than a fifth grader or whatever? Like you, you learn that stuff and then you forget. So it's fun that we get to go through it together and, we get to have that light bulb moment all over again. And, you know, we, we get to go places and put our hands on them together and, um, just getting to learn together. I feel like takes your relationship to a different level as well. For sure. Okay. So we have a lot, there are a lot of new families that are just deciding to homeschool, um, because of the climate that we're in right now. And you are, you're a little bit ahead because you decided in the spring to pull your girls out of public school and start homeschooling. So you're a little bit ahead of the curve. What advice would you give these parents that are, that are just starting out, or maybe some that are even, you know, a little bit into it as well, but overwhelmed? So I think start simple, start small. Um, when we first pulled the girls out, we didn't dive in head first with 10 different subjects. We did math, we did writing, spelling, reading, and a devotional each day. Um, it was a, a nice little break to kind of de-school from everything that they had been doing. Um, and now we're kind of on the tail end of summer and starting to build gradually introducing some of the subjects back in. Um, and it's, it can be very overwhelming when you look at different curriculums and different co-ops and different products and all kinds of stuff that's out there. And you could easily spend thousands of dollars on stuff you know, equipment and curriculums and books and supplies and furniture. And I need a bigger house so I can have a homeschool room. And you don't have to have those things. We have a couple of shelves on a bookshelf we already had that has our stuff on it. We sit around the kitchen table. That's where we do our schoolwork. Um, And just don't go crazy. Start simple. And as you find out that you might want to dig a little bit deeper, you can do that there. There's lots of resources and websites that you can buy stuff used. Uh, you can trade stuff with other families that you may know. Uh, there's just lots of ways out there to make it simple, not so overwhelming, affordable, and relaxed. And as you get to know your child's learning style and how they learn best, you'll be able to make those decisions so much easier because you'll see something and think, oh, this looks just like something that my 10-year-old would love. He would eat this up. Or, oh, that would not work for my 10-year-old. It's a lot easier to distinguish that once you've done it for a year or two and have that knowledge of how they really operate and what that looks like in your house, you know? Yeah, It's really hard to start, though. That's a hard place to start. Yeah. So we actually have the privilege of having our first child on the podcast tonight. Caitlin's daughter got to come with her tonight. So we were going to actually ask her a question next. Um, What has been your favorite part of homeschooling so far? There's two. One of them is that we get to sleep in later. And the other one is that we get to like do what we want to do, not like what other people do. That's so good. Those are both great answers. Um, So my question for you is what are your favorite school supplies? My favorite school supplies is like 
binders and stuff that is organized stuff. Of course it is. That's great. Me too. I love school supplies. Caitlin, what are your favorite school supplies while we're on the subject? So I have a few as well. And actually, when I when I made some notes before she was here, I, I figured she would say something about organization. She loves the label maker, which uh, mm-hmm. she would label everything, I think, if, if she could. Um, we have bins from you know, the dollar store that we can separate out different subjects and pull those out. We bought a big dry erase board that we put in our kitchen. And I just, I I, I didn't, this is going to sound terrible as a homeschool mom, but I didn't want my house to look like a school. I wanted my house to look like a house and feel like a house. So we just painted the edges of it to match our decor in the house so that it blends in. and, And that's our place that we can, do our schoolwork. But then when we're not doing school, it's still a place for a grocery supply list and our date. So, um, we love doing that. Um, dry erase markers. We use those for all kinds of stuff. We've gotten big on our laminator. So we've kind of gone to town on that. And then another thing is to utilize your local library. Um, there's so many things that you can use that aren't an additional cost. Um, we've looked at things that are coming up in our history and we've checked out books from the library. Um, so just using some of those resources that we already have. That's great. And I love, I love how you mentioned, um, that you want your board to match your home and you don't want your school to overrun your home. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of some people are like, give it all. Give me all of the school stuff. I want my house to look like a classroom. And that's great. But there are people and I'm one of them that's like, I don't want my home to look like a classroom. I just want to be able to integrate my classroom into the home when I need to. You know, like I I want to be able to flow in and out of that and it not overrun everything in my house. So. I think that's totally relatable. Yeah, yeah. If we had an extra room, we might make it a homeschool room, but we don't. And so we're using what we have and we're making it work for our family. We do. And we still use our kitchen table. Yeah. <laughs> because my the kids don't want to be stuck in a room. Yeah. And that's I don't true. either. So, you know, we find that we go to the patio or we go to the front porch yeah, or we go yeah. to the kitchen table or we go to the I don't know, the couch, you know, it just, or my bed, you know, if I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed right now. Yeah. (laughs) Just bring it in here. And that's so nice to not be confined into the same space for long periods of time. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming and talking to us. And thank you for bringing your daughter with you as well. Um, Would you mind to just close us out in prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you've blessed us with. Thank you for the people in our lives that have helped us to make us the people that we are. Thank you for the children that you've blessed us with and help us to mold them into the ways that you have designed us to do. Be with those who are currently homeschooling and maybe they're moving along smoothly or maybe they're struggling. Be with those who are thinking about it. Um, Help them to make the decision that's right for their family and help them to feel peace about it. And be with those who are getting ready to start their homeschool journey. Um, Help to give them the the tools that they need and help to allow themselves grace. Um, Help to prepare them for things that are to come and 
just to give them peace to know that it's it's going to be okay. God has given you these children for a reason, and you're going to do a great job. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you were blessed and encouraged today. Check us out on social media at The Deeply Rooted Homeschool. We'll see you next time.